welcome back to the Geeks at the Gates. A day late, because this is the fourth time I think I've edited this, so we'll just jump straight back into it. Me, Alice and Steve are still discussing the best things that have happened in pop culture in the first half of 2019. Quick blast on the spoiler horn, we'll get straight in. Spoilers! Spoilers! So we're speaking of, of shows that ended on massive cliffhangers, Titans? Um, oh yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't, haven't uh, watched it. She kind of binged Titans. Mm, yeah, I did. I, I expected to hate it. Yeah. Based on the trailer. Oh, the trailer looks really bad. With uh, you know the whole fuck Batman. Yeah. Um, nah. Because based on the trailer, I thought that they had fundamentally misunderstood the character. I thought Dick, it was uh, going to be cheesy. Dick as Grayson. And um, I'm a big fan of Dick Grayson, and you don't mess with Dick Grayson for me. Uh, so I expected, I watched it, expected to hate it, and to be honest, I think I watched episode one so that we could do a podcast about how terrible it was, <laughs> because I, my expectations were extraordinarily low, and it's amazing. It's so good. Is it coming back for a second series? It is, and if it wasn't, I would have punched holes in walls because <laughs> it ends on such a cliffhanger. Do you know who they've cast as Batman? <clears throat> no, who they cast it's, as Batman? It's in Glenn. Is that your sponsor? Um, Sajora from Game yes. of Thrones. Really? Yeah. Wow. Also, oh, they're going for a much older Batman mm-hmm. then. Okay. Because yes, they have. Because it, it, Batman appears towards the end of season one, but not in a way that you see who it is, because they clearly hadn't cast him. Yeah. So he's, he's a stuntman in a cape. Right. But. It's not a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> it opens. The, the series opens focusing on Raven. Yeah. Um, and we kind of. She doesn't know who or what she is. First part of season one is we're kind of we're following her through her discovery. Something happens in episode one where she is forced to sort of go on the run and find out who she is and what's happening. So and she you know, and she meets various people. And they've pulled so many amazing things off. <coughs> Hawk and Dover in this show. And they're not dreadful. Is this I think I saw and this this is a bit of a spoiler for, for the show. because Helen showed me a bit of this. Is this they they get killed like Completely matter of fact, like totally by accident, almost like I'm sorry, like a boss comes out and swings around the corner or something. Hawk and Dove don't. No. But suddenly the, all, all their friends or their parents or something, that's. that's oh, like, wait, yes. That yes. does happen. Yeah, yeah. so this is this really kind of almost this terrible, cheesy moment of just, oh, this is happening and suddenly. Oh, this oh, is oh, how, how they yeah. kind of come to, this is how they meet, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've got. you got. If I have a problem, because Dick Gray, their their take on Dick Grayson, which again, as I say, I was expecting to hate, really works, and the fuck Batman line from the trailer is in the show. But once you know the context and you see what he's reacting to, it it makes sense, mm-hmm. okay. and it doesn't quite mean what he seems to mean from the trailer. I think they've made Dick a little bit more violent than he should be, but they put machine guns on the Batmobile, so you know, make it dark and edgy. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And he's not. Over the top, he's not punisher levels of violence. Yeah, the grittiness certainly didn't make me roll my arms. Yeah, he's a little bit gratuitous, and he does things, but I and I think even at some point, um, Hawk and Dove actually, I think it's Hawk that says he's just become a psychopath. What the hell's wrong with him? Yes, people do sort of notice that this is not he's not acting like himself, kind of thing. So it's at least in a slightly meta way, it's kind of annoying. We also get to see Jason Todd, and the way they introduce the young Jason Todd is brilliant. Can't tell you what it is because it's a spoiler. <laughs> but it's and and Dick's reaction. Great casting there as well. Fantastic casting. Yeah, I just. And Dick's reaction to 
there being a new Robin on the block is actually, I think, pretty much comics accurate. Mm. So, so, so that really works. As I say, Hawk and Dove are brilliant. I'm so glad they're getting their own show because um, that really works. And they introduced the Doom Patrol, which is how they pick up guards. Yeah. Brendan Fraser as well. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's how it's on spin-off now series as well. Yeah, Doom yes. Patrol's got its own show. I think the episode of Titans that is called Doom Patrol was basically a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's how they introduced Gar, Beast Boy, and he's really well done. And it, I've got to say, I love the girl that they've cast as Raven. I, I think she's the standout for me. Yeah, and I just love how the... I mean, let's be honest, the whole season kind of revolved around her. Yes, her she, she is the whole point. And it made me all the more curious about her as a character, and I actually started looking to see if anyone had done a comic about her. And I discovered that I think only there was like a there's a couple issue. there's a couple of miniseries yeah but nothing like like there wasn't like a full on like, she's never project. to my knowledge she's never had a long day. although there is one in the works now from the writer of the beautiful creatures like it's like a young adult oh, right. series oh cool and they so there is one in the works now okay and I think that pairing will suit it quite well because it's a writer but as she is a young adult fancy writer I think that would suit the the character of Raven quite well See, my, my knowledge of, of, of Titans is Teen Titans Go you've got a three year old haven't you yeah. <laughs> but Teen Titans Go to the movies I don't know if you've seen that it's amazing I haven't but it's supposed to be very it's good it's fantastic um, we, we watched it a, a few weeks ago um, and I've not laughed so much it's it's kind of Lego movie sense of humour but it's smarter. Mm. It's very, very good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'll give. I'll, 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 yeah, no, because so, it builds. It builds. So happy. It builds. And Titans are now on my, yeah. my next. Titan, Titan, Titans builds and builds and builds and builds to a cliffhanger at the end. And if I hadn't known going into the last episode of season one that season two had already been greenlit, as I say, I would have been punching holes in the <laughs> Um because it it made me care. Damn it. And I want to know what happens next. I think the other kind of big show that, that's happened that's also been a comic book spin-off um, that's happened this year through Netflix as well has been The Umbrella Academy. That mm. came out of nowhere almost. I... took everybody by storm. It did. I, I love that one, actually. I it mean, I good. knew nothing about it. Yeah, again, didn't read really I'll say, just, just on a, a slightly mercenary level, um, but also this is something that I think people happen, people think happens more than it does. Umbrella Academy is the one show that has had people coming into the shop and saying, have you got any of those Umbrella Academy comics? Wow. I think somebody came, some people have come into well shop yeah. asking for it. I had a girl in today, in fact, who wanted Umbrella Academy, and I don't have any left. <laughs> Thanks, Dark Horse. But she was happy to take Doom Patrol, because that was also written by Gerard Way, so... <laughs> there you go. Win! <laughs> so, big win. So, yeah, but no, it's, it is so good. I, actually, I haven't read the books, and I haven't seen... I haven't started watching um, the first episode. I was like, I don't know, save it, I want to watch it too. I just haven't, and every now and again, we're going, we should start watching Umbrella Academy. It's like, well, we haven't finished Discovery yet, so we need to Do you know what? I quite like Discovery, but Umbrella Academy is better than this one. Really? Just watch Umbrella Academy. Really? It's really good. Wow. It's another show where it's got it's, so many wacky elements, but it works. It works. It hangs together, and it's it's a really slow build. I haven't read the comics either, because, and forgive me, please don't tweet at me, don't like Gabriel Barzar. Um, and so that put me off. It's another book that Darren tried to make me read. Yeah. Um, and also, it is a visual art form. I know. If you're not involved with the yeah. art. I now really regret not rolling with it, though, 
because dear God, Gerard Wake and Wright. Again, I'm a, I'm 40. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of the one line that I just love more than anything, which is from Robert Schumann's I can't remember his. I can't remember anybody's name, so I'm um, I'm sorry for depriving some village of its idiots. <laughs> I, 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 I want to be able to say that to somebody it's... at some point. It... No, Maybe I mean, not at work, but I really do want I, to say it at work. <laughs> I never really knew much about Gerard Way. Uh, I'm the wrong age for My Chemical Romance. Yeah. 48, for Christ's sake. Yeah, you are. So yeah. they were just a bunch of emo tosses as far as I was concerned. I'm a proper goth. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it has made me take Gerard Way a lot more seriously because it's just genius. Um, the, the premise is, is fairly straightforward. Um, they're a bunch of special children who were gathered together by an eccentric billionaire and formed into a team. So X-Men. And, yeah, I mean... Well, hang on, we've, had, we've had this discussion on the podcast before. It's not, it's not an original idea, yeah. but what they do with it is... Yeah. It's got, first of all, it's got such good characters. Um, five, who is actually quite old now, but he's been through time, and so he's in a teenager's body, and yeah. he hates it. There's, um, the, I, I can't remember anybody's name. Is that another series? I remember it? Vanya. Daniel Ellen Page. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ellen Page is fantastic in it. Mm. Um, I I wish Hat was here because Hat has some fairly strong feelings about Daniel. Good or bad? Yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't specify. No. Are they mixed? Um, forgive me, Hat, because I'm probably going to butcher what you said. But um, you could have just said good or bad. Or but you're not here because I forgot to tweet you. <laughs> no, well, you see, Hat actually stopped watching Umbrella Academy after a particular episode for a bit because it took her a while to come to terms with it. Um, and I, I get, I get where she's. I'm trying to do this without spoilers now. I get where she's coming from. Okay, I didn't know this, but if Hat tells me so, I absolutely believe it when Hat tells me things like this. Yeah. Um, Ellen Page is quite gay. Yes. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, I tend not to know things like that. Vanya in the show has a relationship with a gentleman person. And it is, their scenes together are, I think, some of the most awkward television I've ever seen. And I think... It's think, not the best chemistry I've seen on There's no chemistry. And I think Hat's thinking when she saw the first episode with them together was that Ellen Page clearly hated doing this. It's all wrong, it doesn't work. It's it's skeezing me out. I I don't wanna see this. Yeah. It's not working. For people who haven't seen it, when you get to that scene, oh yeah, it is the most awkward television you will ever see. But when you know more about what's going on, the absolute awkwardness and wrongness of it makes perfect sense it's justified and also it's a little as strange as it sounds i'm actually a bit more comfortable with it feeling yes awkward looking skeevy once you know yeah once you know what's actually happening you will feel better that you were skeeved out i'm so intrigued by all these shows that you're talking about you will you will absolutely need to watch all of them right now i'm reminded here of the conversation we've had about game of thrones and you yeah, I wish I wish I wish we'd had that conversation on Mike. What should we jump into? Because Game of Thrones is is obviously a series. Yeah, okay. If we're going to talk about Game of Thrones, though, I have to I have to 
to, to, of course, you're not. To, you're not to a... full disclosure, I fucking hate that show so much. And it's primarily because of the sexual content, and you felt um, like it wasn't creepy enough, or it's so many things. It's so many things. because on paper. But this was sorry. This was the specific thing I was yeah. going to focus on. Oh, sorry, on. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you felt like you should have been more creeped out, or the way that they presented it, you should have been. Well, there's two. You should have been more creeped out. There's, by there's it. two things about sex in Game of Thrones. Um, I do not mind gratuitous sex. I really don't. Uh, that's not a sentence I expected to say. But when it's like rape um, or. But yeah, well, there are two things. If you're gonna, if you're gonna put that amount of bonking in your show, it has to. It for me to make it anything other than just porn. It has to do one of two things. It either has to skeeve me out because it's wrong, and Game of Thrones is really rape, and it's the rapiness isn't skeevy enough for me. Um, it doesn't feel wrong enough. And it either has to be that, or it has to be... There's no way of saying this without me, making me sound like a total fucking creep, so I'm just going just gonna to go for it, and, 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 and I promise you I come from a good place. Or it has to be sexy. And it, it's none of those things. If I can... Right. You could say I that think, it, it has to be sensual. The, the, <laughs> sensual is a better word, thank you, Alice. Um, but, I mean, in, in all seriousness, I'm... I'm a I'm a red-blooded heterosexual man, damn it. And Emilia Clark falls right inside the bell curve of my taste in in what what makes an attractive lady. Jason Momoa, I've said this before, is a fine figure of a man. <laughs> now he falls right in the bell curve of what you think is a fine figure of a man. He absolutely yeah. does. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, if I could look like Jason Momoa. I would look like Jason Momoa. Um, you, I, you wouldn't fit under the stairs at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I sadly do not look like Jason Momoa, and this is a cause of some regret. Just on a purely base level, if you're going to strip those two people naked and have them bumping uglies on screen, I should have some reaction to that. Yeah. And I did. And my reaction was... Mm. And... That doesn't. Something's wrong if it's getting that reaction from me. Mm -hmm. um, and the books are also very rapey. I'm a bit worried about George R. R. Martin. I think, I think some of his wish fulfilment in his books is cause for concern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the books took us through um, Daenerys's journey as Khaleesi and her relationship with Khal Drogo, and made her acceptance of it make sense and made her subsequent devotion to Carl Drogo, who is, at the beginning of their relationship, essentially her abuser, yeah. make good, non-skeevy sense. And I understand why they couldn't do that in the way that the book does it, because it took George R. R. Martin three chapters, and we're talking... Three George R. R. Martin chapters, where he uses word, he uses phrases like half hundred instead of fifty, so it goes on a bit. <laughs> so it's one of the things. It's the only thing I hate about the books. It's fifty George. But what is three chapters of Daenerys working out what she's going to make of her life with advice from other women yeah. and stuff done in a change of expression in the movie? In the movie, in the TV show, show. Yeah. there's a, a scene where she's having sex with Cole Drogo, and at the start of it, she looks really uncomfortable, 
And then about halfway through, she sort of relaxes and smiles. And because I know the books, that's, I know that that's the point in the book yeah. where she, com- she comes to terms with what's happened to her and realises that she doesn't hate this man and she can build something with him. And in the books, it's quite a powerful moment. And in the TV show, I suspect if you hadn't read the book, she probably missed it. Mm. And if people missed that journey that she goes on, then what you're presented with is an abusive relationship that she just accepts. Yeah. And I have an issue with that. I, I don't... I think from, from Game of Thrones, from the whole, was it eight series that they did of it? There was, there it was, felt longer, but there, yeah. was, there was definitely a lot less sex scenes further than through that you got. Well, I think, yeah. But then they did get a lot more rapey uh, mm. in it as well. A yeah, I was going to say, the show is... It's not been... Looking back on it now, and I think it's only until now after the whole thing. Yeah. It's not been kind to his women. Um, it's it's not addressed that kind of thing in the they haven't addressed that in particular the subject of rape particularly well. I mean, there's... they try to make to him. They they have said we're trying to make improvements, yeah. but it's... I think as well they the earlier seasons was stick as much flesh on screen as possible because that's what keeps people coming back. That has always been HBO tactics, to be fair. They also thought as well, they get through an awful lot of, as they, as the showrunners themselves called it, was sex position. You can actually have an awful lot of dialogue taking place in brothels and before and during and after sex scenes because it means that people are actually paying attention to actually what's happening in the story. If you then had a sex scene with no dialogue and then had to then have people talking about other things that were then happening in the plot and in the show, you then sort of got much longer show. If you could now have people talking during uh, a sex scene, it then suddenly makes them, oh, they're just talking whilst they're being naked and everyone's just comfortable being naked in the show. And then it kind of goes from there. So I think definitely initially they had a much more interest in making everybody be as naked as possible and try and get through it. And, and I think I think to be fair to Game of Thrones, it is fair. In that the blokes get their tackle out as much as the women do. Yeah. So it has that going for it on an equitable level. I don't know. It just seems to me it always seemed like much less than the sum of its parts. In a way that Lucifer is so much more than the sum of his parts. Largely because Tom Ellis is the most charismatic man on the bloody planet. And he's got the weirdest eyes. But Game of, Game of Thrones is everything. Everything I should love. The writing seems good. Mm-hmm. The dialogue seems good. I, I know there have been issues with the last season, but I haven't seen yeah. it. So I, um, the dialogue seems good. Um, the production values are sky high. The costumes are great. The production design is amazing. The CGI and the special effects are fantastic. To a point. Um, there are dragons. Um, there are men and women with swords. There are people in armour. I mean, all of this is, you know... Right up my my alley. Um, I, you can't be you got to be careful saying that in Game of Thrones. You do have to be careful. I was I was actually groping for a better word. You can't <laughs> say that either. So on paper, I should love this show, and I just don't. It it fell completely flat for me. And I've, I've gone through Game of Thrones from from the beginning. I've read most of the books. I think I gave up on the the most current book that they have. I like, can't remember, but I I just got fed up with reading a chapter with nothing happening, and then the last line was, "Oh, and then this happened." And then come back in another... George R.R. Martin does do that. I, I can't remember where I read up to in the books, but I, I think I gave up for the same reasons. Yeah. It was One just so dense. One thing they did show, which was uh, essentially a documentary movie called Game of Thrones The Last Watch, uh-huh. um, which follows the whole production of, of 8 years DC stuff from the rehearsals from the very, very beginning. And you're essentially following the majority of 
the Belfast um, crew yeah. um, that are working on that. And in particular, they follow one extra who's been in it from, I think, I think maybe series three onwards, and he just keeps cropping up. Um, and they follow this guy, and this guy is brilliant. So, Game of Thrones has ended this year. I'm kind of glad. I think the reason why it's had a bit of a downer in terms of the, the fans' reaction to it all is because George R. R. Martin only sell at least two books, and therefore I think he had some creative sway to make sure that they were not finished the show in the same way that his books are going to end. Otherwise, people aren't going to buy his books. I've got to be honest, I'm not going to buy his books anyway. I'm sick of waiting. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I highly recommend the documentary. I think from a, I'll give it a watch. From a filmmaking point of view, it's really good. And obviously, it does totally spoil the end of, of Series 8. Mm. Um, but it's worth watching. And um, I think now it's over, I think I will give Game of Thrones another go when I run out of other things to watch. So that will be a while. I've, I found it to be a little bit like Lost. I loved Lost when Lost came out. Um, I, I was totally ingrained with it from, from the beginning. Uh, kind of fell out a little bit series four and then kind of got back into it a little bit uh, and then the, the final season I was hooked on I actually got up in the middle of the night to watch the final episode when it was being broadcast wow. live from the US and I was just wow oh my god and then it aired and I was just oh my god that's how they finished it mm. it was not good and to the point where that final episode has burned the entire... If anyone says, do you want to watch Lost? Never again. It's, I will not waste my time. It's interesting. You know I what? have a feeling Game of Thrones has never done that for a long time. Yeah. In, in, defense, in defense of Lost, which I also loved, I gave up before the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad I did. But yeah. there's a reason it was structured in the way it was, which I hadn't fully understood. They were on a two episodes and you're gone. Yeah. Contract. They, they had no clue. So, so they couldn't plan long term because they knew that they might have to wrap it up in two episodes. And then suddenly, they were like, oh, you've got a full extra season. And they didn't know what to do with it because they'd just been working on... Yeah. They clearly did not have any idea. When they were making the pilot, they, they clearly had no plan. idea what they were doing. They came up with... So I think J.J. Abrams conceived the, the, the yeah. plot of Lost. He had a good idea for a pilot. That was it. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, and then they just kept, they just kept making it. Yeah, like, and he shows. That's not from a twenty. But that, that was not a twenty nineteen show. Yeah. show yeah. So let's drag it back. <laughs> but yeah, my my issue with Game of Thrones is I think that one big mistake they made was shortening the last what ended up being the last two seasons. I yeah. think they needed. Well, you said earlier that it had two more seasons. It, had, it easily yeah. had enough life in it to twelve run through the two but seasons. But yeah, so for them to shorten seasons seven and eight was a really Bad Do idea. we know why that was? I think it comes down to the fact that it was costing up an awful lot of money. Mm-hmm. The actors were being offered a lot more lucrative Hollywood deals and wanted to go on to do different things. A lot of the cast were getting a lot older. Mm-hmm. They need, and I think they needed to wrap it all up. I think they were getting to the point that people have been working on it for a long time. They were rushing their families for a long time. It's just like, let's just get it finished. Yeah, we stop. Um, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, I mean, you sort of think, oh, but they were working, and is it, but, yeah, but maybe they didn't want to be working at that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose... And I, I just didn't like what they did with Daenerys, and I'm sorry. I mean, I know some people have I... made the argument that, oh, but there were there were hints of her ma- madness. She's never been on. the most stable of Yes, people. but then suddenly have that happen in he one He just literally scene. was yeah. like... Yes. It's like the snap of the thing. It though. seems to me they need to perhaps to build up to. If they're going to do it, I, they need to build. Yeah, and, and to have absolutely. something building as long as it has, they, that's the thing. That could have that could have been a season in itself to see her 
Well, yeah, exactly. If they if they were going to go in that direction, yeah, have that happen over the course of an entire season, not in like the space of what two, three episodes at best, if, if yeah. that. And yeah. um, I mean, I remember you saying, Reg, that it, yeah, it does run in the family. Um, well, but, they they did call him the Mad King. Um, but by that logic, I'm booked. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I just I think what would have been more I think just think it was a disservice to her as a character mm. because surely what would have been the best character arc for her is yes and she's and this is coming from a friend of mine who also reads the books um Daenerys is always concerned constantly concerned about she's a so she's completely aware of the fact that Mavis runs in the family yeah. and she says in the show at some point I know how the Mad King heard his name I mean just from growing up with the set um Ceres. Yeah. Yes. And I think that what would have been a great character arc for her is that, yes, there are hints of it every now and then throughout the entire series, but she's always got somebody to rein her back. So there was Jorah, um, Missandei, Missandei, Sir Barristan. There was always somebody to kind of rein back what they could see was the Targaryen madness. Like, look, Mm. and and Sir Jorah says earlier on, you try to hide it, um, but you have a kind heart. I know, you know, I know that you're trying to be assertive and you're trying to be strong, but mm. re- please remember that underneath all of that, you are a good person. And surely what would have been great is that even though Sir Jorah Mormont was gone, so she didn't have that person to rein her back, surely she could have maybe found it in herself. Yeah. To rain herself yeah, they, from that, those mad urges. It did a disservice to, to the cats. The, the, I think that's, I think, why I'm never going to go back and watch it again. The amount of time you spent with, especially that character, yeah. for them to then just kind of go, oh, well, now she's gone off and done something completely different. Yeah, as I was watching character. it, as I was watching that episode, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you. Well, the strange thing was, they then never cut to her during any of the things where she. I don't know how many which spoilers we want to go into, but they never actually cut to her whilst she's doing what she's doing in a close one. So you never actually really got to see her reacting to it. It's just mm-hmm. like, this is what she's now doing. It's like, mm. what the hell? But what is, how does she feel about it? And suddenly it's just like, doesn't matter. And yeah. And it sort of does, because how she feels about things has been pretty damned important yeah, mm-hmm. all the way through. So it's and disappointing. I, and I think it also, in turn, with that plot line, it's done a disservice from another female character, Zanza, in a, strangely enough. It sounds strange, but let me explain. <laughs> so basically, it all began with John doing the honourable thing and telling his, well, what he thought were his siblings, yeah. who he really is. And then Sansa has went and told Tyrion. And then Tyrion, of course, told He did it with no malice. It was just because Sansa told him. But I get the impression that Sansa told Tyrion out of malice. She did not like Daenerys at all from the get-go. In spite of the fact that this is somebody that came to the North to save them from the Night King. She defended the North and the and thus the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, she, you know, she, she delayed taking the throne for herself to help the people that she was And Sansa still holds something against her, but what, for being a Targaryen? And you know, it's just... I, and it, it's... I mean, I know Sansa has been through a lot, and it's made her very cautious. It's made her tough, but... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think even the heart 
hard-hearted of people would go, actually, you know what, this person's all right. She's, yeah, she's kind of really, saved us from... They fumbled the end. They, they really... Uh, as, a, as opposed to what we said with, with Avengers Endgame, they nailed the landing. Game of Thrones, they totally fumbled. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just totally depressed now, because... Game of Thrones. I was. I said to, to somebody a year ago, it's my favourite show of all time, yeah. and now it's been the biggest disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it had the zeitgeist, and it's just lost it completely. Mm. That's a shame. It's genuinely a shame. I'm, 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 dis- I'm disappointed for the fans of Game yeah. of Thrones. May I mention two shows that are, just to lift us up again? Yes, please, please. please. <laughs> so, the first one I want to mention. This is another one that I decided. You know what? heard good things about it and I'm going to watch it. It's called Kingdom. And essentially it is a zombie outbreak set in uh, medieval Korea. You had me at zombie outbreak. (laughs) (laughs) It's just thing. And I think the great thing about it is that it's revitalised that genre by setting it in a completely like it's not set in like the modern day where there's been an outbreak. It's setting where you think you wouldn't set a zombie outbreak but it works and it's got it's great because it's got political intrigue, because and this is not spoilers because you find out within like the first five minutes mm-hmm. that the king has been infected. So right. of course there's a lot of political intrigue mm. there, and I'm sure as you're aware, with a lot of. Well, how, how can I watch this? Uh, yeah. It's Netflix, right? It ends on such a great. Is it, cliffhanger. Is it a Korean show or is it? A... Yes, it yeah. is. Which is another thing I quite like about it because it's not one of those shows where. It's set in a, you know, it's not set in England or America. It's set somewhere that... And they, for some reason, they all speak English. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just... I wonder, I wonder if they did two versions. One in English for the Anglophone market, one in Korean for the domestic market. Uh, what, like, like two separate shows, or just... Yeah, well, yeah, maybe use the same actor. I mean, I suspect quite a lot, most... I suspect there's a very large percentage of Korean actors who speak English. Um, to my knowledge, there's just been the one version. Um, but... I suppose they're, they're just, going to be able to sell it internationally it, more in English then. It's absolutely gorgeous, like, and the set designs are fantastic. It's, it just, I, I, and I think it's really helps that it's a Korean production. I haven't even heard of it at all. It's completely. Bad. I think I've heard of it, but I've not paid it much attention. I, sh- I shall now. And the cast of brilliance, and it's got that. It's every now and then it's got like a sprinkling of humour, mm-hmm. and I think it works rather than it just being oh here's a gag, <laughs> and but I think. In that kind of strange enough, in the zombie genre, every now and then you need a moment of comedy. I don't yeah. know why, but it's just something. Otherwise, that... it's very, very, very. Yeah. Different. Otherwise, <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, highly recommend that. Another one that I heard great things about, but I just thought oh, I'm not interested, but decided to give it a shot is Dark. Um, this is the Scandinavian in, kind of strange set in things. Germany. Uh, yeah. The way that I describe it to people without spoiling anything at all is that it's Stranger Things set in Germany with time travel. Okay. okay. I've I've seen the trailer for season one and it's like that's it's on my list, I just haven't got it. Season two's yeah. just yeah, it's just yeah. and yeah, it's fantastic. They're both shows where I think you could easily binge watch them, but I think you'd be better off take, you know, watching it in just Second time. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, again another show that's got fantastic casting. Just great sets. Oh, great. Yeah. I think we're getting to the point where we might need to think about wrapping it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I, I've got two more shows I'd like to mention. Sure. Uh, and then, Steve, if you want to have last word. I'm just trying to think what else I've been watching, but I can't really think of it. Uh, right, well, there are two things I want to mention. The first, and it's another show that's been saved by Netflix. Oh, no. Actually, no. Was this one that was saved by Amazon? <laughs> I, do, I do lose track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's The Expanse. 
Um, it's been saved by Amazon. It's saved by Amazon. It was on Netflix. It was. It was. It's a sci-fi show. It's wasn't a sci- it? yeah, so C- sci-fi dropped it. Sci-fi um, because they can't spell sci-fi correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Netflix, I think, were showing it. Yeah, Netflix had it over here. Okay, and then Sci-Fi dropped it. And Amazon, Amazon picked it up. And Amazon now have the whole thing. Yeah. For it, so yeah. Um, it in Ultra HD now as well. It's just brilliant. It's great. I've seen the first three episodes of Series 1, and I keep going back to watch it again, oh, because Helen keeps wanting to watch it, and so I start watching it, and then she doesn't watch it, and I just go, I'm just going to watch it again. It's so good. It's, it's, it's... It's clever sci-fi. It's, it's that rarest of science fiction TV shows and it's hard SF. Yeah. The, it's properly space. It's got a bit of Battlestar Galactica kind of feel. A little bit, but, 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 I mean, what I love about it, I'm, I'm, I'm a... Am I right in thinking it's based on a book series? Book series, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a, a huge, huge space geek. Um, really? I had no idea. I, I, I don't think I've mentioned it ever. No. And I like the science of it. I like the physics of it. I like... I, I'm not good enough at maths to actually do orbital mechanics, but I love orbital mechanics. Um, the idea that you can you can predict with absolute accuracy where any particular body in the solar system is going to be at any point in time is it blows my mind. <laughs> and this show runs with that completely. So you've got all of the politics that you would have if you had humans in different parts of the solar system. Basically, initial concept is is it? Uh, Earth and Mars are at war with each other. Well, not quite at war. They're, 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 they're hostile. There's, there's, there's a cold war. There are tensions yeah. big because... For some reason now, I'm imagining Earth and Mars, like the planets, like... <laughs> like, <laughs> at each yeah. other, like... Because um, Quill, Earth like, has, dad, sort yeah. of, like... <laughs> Earth has all the resources and all the money. Mars has all the tech and has to work really hard because their planet's trying to kill them all the time because it's Mars. And stuck in the middle of the, is the asteroid belt, where they're mining minerals. Yeah, ice and, and things like and that. Stuff, and yeah. stuff, because you, you can't ship water from Earth to Mars, you can't do that, but you can take ice from the asteroid belt. But the asteroid, the, the belters are starting to get really resentful, that they're just being exploited by both sides. Yeah. But the great thing is, the people that, that live in the belt um, grow differently because of the gravity, or, or almost lack of gravity, so therefore their bones are really, really long. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's in one of the first episodes, they bring one of the, they're called belters, they bring somebody from the belt and put them on Earth and subject them to Earth gravity as a form of torture. Oh, Because wow. they can't, because they can't. Yeah, and you, you see, so well you see when belters go to Earth and they're not so being tortured, they, they, they're floating, they're floating in buoyancy tanks. On... Yeah. It's, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. I think I think some of it might still be on Netflix. It sure might still be on Netflix. On and there's there's an alien menace that they drop in, but it's it's dropped in really drip by drip, so yeah. so that it builds and you, you know you're not suddenly faced by aliens. And at, at his heart, you've got a detective from the belt, and he's played by Thomas Jane. And Tom Jane is so brilliant, nice. brilliant. Yeah. Play. And he's um he's given a missing persons case. There's some spoiled rich girl. Who's run away from home on Earth uh, with her right on bloody smash the system friends, <laughs> and he's got to track her down and find find that she's called Julie, and it's it's following the trail that leads to her that drives the plot. Um, but it's it's you, you know you have um, a proper space battle 
in space that works the way it actually would work if you fired things in space. Yeah. So, you know, they actually spray machine gun fire and it goes in a spiral because that's how it would work when you have you know, angular momentum and all that. And there's a really tense scenes where a missile's been fired by an enemy ship. Uh, it's like, okay, we're going to hit that thing in, a, in half an hour and there's nothing we can do about it. And it's like, we can't change our orbital track and that thing's going to be in our way right at the point where our orbits intersect and there's nothing we can do about it. It's, it's like, and like, right, how do we get out of this? We've got 30 minutes. And it's, it's, and that's what war in space would be like. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. And the performances are great. The, the characters are great. Characters do stupid things for completely believable reasons in the way that people do when they're angry. And it's just, it's just fantastic. And when the latest season uh, was out this year, which is why it counts as a 2019 show, and you you see the the, the final, you know, the full realization of what the alien threat actually is, and it's the best alien menace I've ever come across in sci-fi. Uh, I can't say what it is. I, I, I at some point prior to this, we've sounded the spoiler horn a couple of times. I'm sure. Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> But I'm not going to spoil what it is, because if you haven't seen it, you, you deserve to I see it unspoiled. I don't need, basically, the list of everything you've been saying. So, was it Happy, Lucifer, Valor Academy, Titans, mm-hmm. uh, Expanse? Le- which, which one do I watch first? Kingdom Dark. Well, actually, King, King, do, you know what I'm, do you know what? My, my final one, uh, and this show, I think, finished in 2019. It's had three seasons. I don't think it's getting a fourth. The way they wrapped up season three makes me think that they didn't think they were getting fourth either. It's not really, it wouldn't, I think, be classified as geeky, but it's what I watched instead of Game of Thrones. It's the same as Game of Thrones, just with fewer dragons. Uh, all the all the politicking, all the bonking. It's not The Last Kingdom, is all, it? All the betrayal and stuff is there. Not The Last Kingdom, no, it's Versailles, which is just extraordinary. <laughs> um, have either of you watched it? No. Okay. Is it on the beat? Uh, it was on the BBC, actually. It's a co-production between Studio Canal in France and... Oh, I, can't remember what the ch- what, I can't remember what the channel in Canada was, but it's a, Canadi- it's a Canadian-French co-production. It's about Louis XIV. It is a little bit historically accurate, with some liberties taken, I think. It plays with some of the gossip there was about the court of Louis XIV, right. as though it was true. But it doesn't take massive liberties. Um, and it's about Louis XIV's obsession with the Palace of Versailles. Uh, at the start of season one, it's, a, it's his dad's hunting lodge. Louis XIV came to the throne of France as a very small boy. Yeah. He had a, his mother was regent and all of that. And he's obsessed with his legacy and leaving his mark on France. And his way of doing it is to build the Palace of Versailles. And so over the three seasons, the palace goes from being... What is actually quite an impressive, for the time, building. It's, it's not a shack, it's something large, it's a mansion. Um, but it slowly becomes what we now know as the Palace of Versailles. Yeah. In amongst all that, you've got all the intrigue and backstabbing and war and espionage and stuff. Everything you would expect. That you would expect. Yeah. And the, and the, the cast of characters, and uh, the guy they've got playing, I can't remember what his name, sorry. <laughs> Lit- Links in the show notes if, if, I, if I can be bothered. Um, the guy that got playing Louis XIV is British, and he's ridiculously charismatic. Um, his brother, uh, the Duke d'Orléans, Philippe, is spectacular. 
spectacularly gay and his relationship with the Chevalier de Lorraine, uh, who is a, a self-serving snake of a man, who comes good in the end, spoilers, is, is, is kind of at the core of it, because the Chevalier is a tremendously bad influence. Um, Philippe, uh, Louis' brother, is committed to being a general, uh, and he wants to lead his armies into battle and stuff. Um, but he's, he's obsessed with the Chevalier and the Chevalier wants to stay at home and eat bonbons uh, and shag a lot, basically. And so, and there's, there's constantly conflict between Louis and his brother Philippe because Louis is a control freak and he won't give his brother any leeway or any say in anything that happens. And Philippe's very jealous of that. And the rest of the cast is fantastic. Um, Philippe's wife, who is the, the only English character in the entire show, and she's one of the very few people played by a French actress. So she's the only English character in the entire show, Antoinette. Uh, sorry, Henriette. Uh, and she's the only person in the show with a French accent. <laughs> but she's she's spectacular. She's married to Louis' brother, but having an affair with Louis, uh, which is historically accurate, that happened. And Louis' faithful like retainer, um, a guy called Monsieur Bonton, who's like his butler, He's brilliant because he's utterly devoted. Uh, and then you've got Monsieur Marshall, who is the chief of security, who's just a bastard. He's very loyal to the king um, and very loyal to people he trusts. But he absolutely will drive a nail through your hand if it'll help you get it. And he, that does happen. He does do that to somebody. Um I've just found it on IMDb. I, I've never even heard of it. It's an absolute delight. It looks like it might be available on Amazon Prime. Uh, um, all three seasons of it. Yeah, I've got all three seasons on DVD. For uh, what I was saying as well, that uh, looking at the parents' guide, sex and nudity is severe. Violence and gore is severe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Profanity is moderate. Uh, alcohol, yeah, they don't, they don't swear much. Alcohol, drugs and smoking is only mild. Um, and the frightening and intense scenes are also moderate. Yeah, they're rarely, well. they're rarely, they're rarely drunk and they don't even... No, actually, there's quite a lot of drugs in season two, because that's the whole thing. But it's it, it's beautiful to look at. The costumes, they're exquisite. It's it's gripping. The characters are engaging. You will fall in love with the Chevalier de Lorraine, even though you'll hate yourself for it. <laughs> you will absolutely fall in love with Philippe, the Duke d'Orléans, because he's great. He's again... Did you see... Did you watch um, Arthur? Yeah. The guy that played Mordred in Arthur. Maybe Merlin. No, Mordred. No, you mean Merlin. I mean Merlin. Yeah. I don't mean Arthur. Yeah. Arthur's the thing with Dudley Moore, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean so Merlin. I've seen, I've seen that as well. I've seen, I've seen bits of Merlin. But I, I mean Merlin. I have seen Arthur with Dudley Moore. Yeah, yeah the, guy who plays, the guy who plays Mordred in Merlin. Yes. He's Philippe. Right. And he's spectacular. And you're absolutely falling in love with him. Uh, the various women that are utterly destroyed by their relationship with, with King Louis XIV um, are... All dreadful, because the reason they're in a relationship with King Louis XIV in the first place is because they're jockeying for position and power. So they're all dreadful, but you'll feel for all of them. What happens to all of them is utterly heartbreaking and sadly historically accurate. Oh, wow. And there, yeah, there, there's some fantastic stuff. There's um, season two. Season one is all about getting Versailles started and going to war with the Dutch. Um, season two is all about Louis' obsession with witchcraft and the court's obsession with well, drugs, essentially. They call them powders. 
that various drugs for various reasons and corruption within the court. And then season three is probably the least historically accurate. Uh, and that's all about the, legis- the legitimacy of kings. Uh, and but it's, stuff that happens is horrific, and none of these people are very nice. Yeah. But it's just a spectacular show. That sounds just like and it sounds just like Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's well, it's one of those. It's, it's one that I've been I've been watching it. Um, I found it by Lizzie found it by accident, mm. literally channel surfing, uh, and she stumbled on um, episode one in the middle of a sex scene between Philippe <laughs> and um, the Chevalier de Lorraine. Um, that's an interesting. And that's an interesting. That's an interesting point to come onto a show, <laughs> and was kind of what the hell am I watching, kind of thing, uh, and then was instantly hooked. And she made me watch it, and I was instantly hooked. And I don't understand why it's not made a bigger splash. Yeah. Than it has. I haven't heard of it at all. I mean, yes, it's made. I, I've heard of it, but that's only because I work in a shop that sells DVDs. Yeah, I mean, it's yes, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a Franco-Canadian production. But it's in English. Yeah. Again, I've often wondered if there's a French French language version, because I can't quite see a French TV company putting an English language show. It happens. Yeah. And mm. it's made it's made by a Quebec Canadian TV company, and they also speak French. Yeah. And in fact, they're kind of resentful of being made to speak English in Quebec. So, <laughs> that it, it, I I can't quite believe there isn't a French language version of it. And the cast is very international. I say that the 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 woman who plays Henriette in season one, she was French. Yeah. Um, Maybe they just dubbed themselves. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's if if you haven't seen it, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Cool. I actually know what my 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 final choice is going to be, and it's for a series that hasn't even aired yet. But I'm willing to put. I'm not a betting man, but I'm willing to put enough money on it to say it is going to be one of my favourite things. Of the year, okay. based on how this previous, is bold, based on how previous seasons have gone, because Harry, I fell in love with the first season, and it starts in a couple of weeks. In fact, I think it starts next week, and it's Stranger Things three. Okay, I'll give you that. That's yet. I yeah. watched the most recent trailer for it. I wasn't going to watch it because it like, I'm already. Up, I don't need to see anymore. I don't want to anything else. Oh, to yeah, I've not away. watched the. I've not watched um, the final trailer because I know it's. I'm not. I'm not watching the final the trailer. The final trailer doesn't really give anything away. Except this year, they're going full horror. It is. Oh. It looks. I. I'm so excited for it. I have this sneaking, horrible feeling in my gut that some of the most beloved characters in the see in the show might not make it to the end of series three. I think this is the season they're gonna they're gonna kill somebody off. I think because again. The actors are doing very well. They're all doing very successful. They're looking to come to do different things. Billy Bobby Brown's in Godzilla. David Harbour is in Hellboy, and and Finn Wolfhard's in. I'm fairly sure David Harbour would like us to forget he's in Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing. I I just have this sneaking suspicion to show that what the the threat is means business. Yeah, they're well, going to have to take some. And also, business. I mean, these kids are not kids anymore. Well, the the teenagers now they're all yeah they yeah. they're not. I'm sure the writers have gone on. I'm sure they said at some point that they they've only planned it as far as series four. four, I, four think was, yeah, yeah, was I think I, th- I, I, I heard think an interview with the Russo brothers where they said it was Russo brothers, Duffer brothers, Duffer brothers, Russo brothers is a lot. Yeah, 